0: The third win against the top ten, and the Orange had them all the way. They didn't look into your heart. They didn't look into your heart. They didn't look into my heart. A
1: three-for-the-win battle. Bang! Bang! Boom, and the Orange doing again. The cardiac juice comes through on the road one more time. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and
2: Seth Goldberg.
1: Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us. Alongside Seth Goldberg, I'm Stephen Fonti. It's a Thursday edition of Orange Nation. We are brought to you in part by Duntire. We've got Danny Shays set to join us at the top of hour number two, as he does every Thursday, and as I do every Thursday morning. I caught up with Jerry McNamara a short time ago over at the Mellow Center for our weekly television interview. We do have the T V version of Orange Nation tonight on News Channel 9 from seven to seven thirty. We'll play that interview back for you at some point. It's a quick turnaround. Over the course of the next two hours. What's a quick turnaround?
2: From from the last night and the end of the night to talk to him this morning.
1: Yeah, it was a late game as well, yeah. so um, no, he was in the office working, and, and I was working as well, and, and we spent a good 15 minutes together, we'll get to that interview, uh, and, and we want to hear from you at 315-437-7644, going to talk mostly SU hoops today, and we can get into what last night's loss means for the NCAA tournament resume, and how Syracuse can still find its way into March Madness, but we have to start the show with the game itself, Seth, and... By and large, over the course of this year, when Syracuse has lost a game, we come in the next day and we talk about what the offense didn't do and the shots they did not make. That was not the case last night. Syracuse shot 52% from the field, won the rebounding battle, scored 70 points. What cost them last night, there are a few things, turnovers among them, but what cost them the most last night was the perimeter defense and the inability to find the open shooters. NC State... Made 10 threes on the night, and a lot of them were good looks, including the last one from Markel Johnson at the top of the key with the game tied at 70. Got an open look, made it, and then Syracuse unable to answer at the other end. It came down to defense last night, and and I don't know how many times this year we've been able to say that. It's usually the offensive end.
2: Yeah, they got fifty-eight points out of O'Shea, Brissett, Tyus Battle, and Frank Howard. They got double digits out of everybody else. Uh, you know how often have we talked about the recipe, right? The formula for success. And, and you, you mentioned Jerry saying, you know, we just need forty-five out of out of these guys, fifteen to twenty from those. Well, they got a lot more than forty-five, and they still got that fifteen-ish from everybody else. Like that should be enough for this team to win games. And over the course of the year, that has been enough to win games. Through well, a lot of the losses that Syracuse had, the offensive performance last night blows out Notre Dame, beats uh, Saint Bonaventure easy, beats uh, Georgia Tech easily. Uh, you know they, they and and they were really good offensively. Actually, I, I thought they they were hitting better than fifty percent of their shots. They they made threes. They hit about thirty seven percent of threes, which you know isn't great, but for this team that's pretty good because this team's not a very good three point shooting team, and. Last night, it was the defense that let this team down. Uh, the defense just was not good enough. It was much like that first Wake Forest game where you know the offense was there, the offense kind of sort of did its job, and and the second Wake Forest game I was going to say, I, I on your face? Yeah, I <laughs> my saw your my face. eyes lit
1: up. It was, it was just like Sunday right. except for... You know, Syracuse had a cushion, and and they didn't—I mean, they had a 14-point cushion against Wake. They had a 7-point cushion last night. It was just like Sunday. It was the same.
2: Yeah, it was the same as the two Wake Forest games, and and Syracuse didn't have uh, enough defense to get it done. And um, it's amazing how many times they'll lose the 3-point shooter. We just watched this on Sunday. Like, we literally just watched this Sunday. We saw it earlier with Wake Forest. We saw it earlier with Maryland. We saw it earlier with Kansas. We've seen it with Boston College uh, at the start of that game. Like, how many times are they just going to lose a three-point shooter and let him just get a wide-open look from the back right corner? I-, I mean, how many times is that going to happen? Do
1: you I want me mean to answer that question with a number? Yes, please. Um, so I looked back as we were getting ready for the show and I looked at how many times uh, an opponent this year has made nine or more threes against the Orange. And Syracuse has played in, in 26 games now? Uh, 17 and nine, so yes, correct. 26 games. Guess how many times it's happened. Nine or more made threes by the opponent.
2: I'm going to say 17 times. Okay. You're right. I mean, you're right there. 15. Okay.
1: Uh, Syracuse is 9-6 and six in those games. The two that it did not happen at Georgia Tech, neither team could make a shot that night and home against Virginia. Virginia didn't need to make nine threes uh, in that game. But Bonaventure had nine threes. Wake Forest at Wake Forest, nine threes. Virginia at Virginia, nine threes. They've given up double-digit threes 11 times this year, including the Kansas, including the NC State last night, including the Wake on Sunday. And, we, we again, we just saw a similar type performance on Sunday where they had a big cushion. Wake Forest got hot in the second half, and and they had enough to hang on. Wake Forest got it to two. Syracuse was able to hang on for dear life down the stretch and win that game. They did not have that cushion. They did not have that luxury last night. And NC State got off to a slow start from three and then caught fire in the second half. What, seven for 12 after halftime yeah. from three-point range? They are
2: great. And, and, you know, you have to give... NC State credit, right? Like, you you have to, say, credit NC State for making the threes, but Syracuse helped them out. Like, Syracuse got them halfway there, and then NC State just had to hit wide open looks. You know, Syracuse offensively was taking tough look after tough look, it felt like, while NC State was just getting open look, easy look, easy shot, and they had time, they had space, and they were able to put it up, and and they fell. And credit NC State for actually making the shot, uh, but, man, how much do you want to help your opponent? And and I think that we just saw that again last night. How much do you want to help your opponent? And, uh, you know, Syracuse has multiple times this year, and, and they did it on Sunday. They did it last night.
1: The other thing that really cost Syracuse, and I mentioned it uh, right there at the top of the show, was turnovers. Syracuse had done a great job in recent games limiting turnovers, had single-digit turnovers in the last three against Louisville, Wake, and Virginia, and then last night, 15. And, yes, we NC State turned it over a lot as well. And yes, Syracuse converted those turnovers into a lot of points. So it went both ways. Turnovers were a key factor last night, but that's the kind of game NC State wants to play. Of course, they don't want to turn it over 19 times, but NC State wants to get up and down and they want to speed you up. And to some degree, you know, if you said who won the the battle of the the tempo oh, last NC State night, did. it went to NC yeah. State. And so some of those turnovers were certainly unforced, and, and I'm not saying that NC State caused those turnovers, but when you get sped up, you tend to do things that are uncharacteristic. When and Syracuse Matthew made a driving, couple of
2: uncharacteristic mistakes last when night. When Matthew Moore's driving down the paint and then throws one wildly out towards the three-point arc and it gets taken the other way and you know, a three-point play on the other end, you can't have that kind of a thing. Uh, you know, I, I would say turnover's secondary for what you mentioned in there. Uh, Syracuse outscored them on points off turnovers by 18 points, and, and I know that. Uh, right, I, I know that I know. It, it takes away from your offense. That's, and it takes that's away what and I'm degrees. going. That's what I, I'm going. I at. understand that, but it, it, to to a similar extent, they turned NC State over and they got that back. You Understood. Know, like, like but
1: I, here's the thing. So we talk about what is the blueprint? The blueprint every single game this year, to some degree, has been defense, rebounding, and and recently we've talked about limiting mistakes and not turning the ball over. Right. They won the rebounding battle last night. They were pretty good defensively in the first half in terms of limiting three-pointers. NC State got hot from beyond the arc in the second half. They didn't find shooters. So check mark there goes to NC State. And then the turnover, Syracuse. Forget about NC State turning it over 19 times. That's not what I'm talking about. Syracuse turned it over 15 times. Yes. And in a game that literally came down to one possession, I know that technically it was a two-possession game with, with the free throw at the end. That was a one-possession game. It came down to one possession. And you had 15 turnovers, and if you had 12, maybe you score a time or two on those other three possessions and you just didn't give the ball away, and that's the difference. And I know that's a right. simplistic way to look at it, but it's not a coincidence when the, that when the turnover numbers are up, they tend to lose close games. When the turnover numbers are down, you tend to win close games. Not a coincidence. No,
2: not at all. Uh, not not at all. They, they have to limit turnovers to be successful. I, I mean, we as you said we've seen that in this recent stretch they they limit turnovers against Louisville they limit turnovers against Wake Forest they they have success they win games um th- there was just a, a lot <laughs> going on last night it felt like between missing the three point shooters uh turning over the ball and being forced into nc style nc state style of play on your home floor uh the referees blowing whistles on everything which i don't think syracuse took enough advantage of You know, like, it it just—it was a bad recipe. And even though the offense was there, uh, you know, there's always room for something more. And maybe it was getting to the line a little bit more because you know you're not a very good three-point shooting team. Maybe it was on that last possession. Get moving a little bit faster and get to the bucket and get an easy two and and do something so that you're not chucking up a three late. You know, there was just— I'm not saying the offense is the reason why they lost. That's not the case at all. It's defense. It's turnovers. But even offensively, it felt like they left... Points on the table.
1: Yeah, Syracuse had thirty-nine free throw attempts against Wake Forest. It was a similar type of situation where they got into the bonus early, and and I'm with you. I don't think they took enough advantage of it yesterday. They got into the bonus like immediately right in away. the second half and finished with twenty-seven free throw attempts, which is still a good number. But you felt like it, it could have been more, and and maybe a missed opportunity there.
2: They were in the bonus six and a half minutes into the half. I mean, they were in the double bonus by the by what the nine minute mark. Like you you've got to get to the line more than they did if you're in the double bonus that early.
1: You brought up. The final possession, or I guess it wasn't the final possession, but, but the after fi- the
2: one that the one that mattered after right.
1: Markel Johnson hits the three, they you know th- there's 33 seconds left. It's a three point game, and you brought up the fact that. You know, maybe you wish that they they went a little faster. I did bring up that question to Jerry, and we'll we'll get to that uh, probably in hour number two. We'll play the, back that interview for you, uh, and and he agreed. He he said they would have liked to to get into the offense a little bit quicker there. Thirty three seconds is an eternity, especially. Let's not forget, NC State was in the one and one. Not right. It was not a two shot foul, and NC State even after Syracuse missed the three, Brissett misses the three with twelve seconds left. They missed the front end of a one and one. Right. So it, it was a, a chance to, in my opinion get a quick two, or at least attack, maybe get to the free throw line because you're in the double bonus, maybe get to the basket, and then you can set up your press, maybe get a turnover, and if you don't, you can foul, and then the pressure's on NC State to make both of those free throws to make it a three-point yeah. game. And even if they do, you
2: have a chance to tie. If yeah. they don't, you have a chance to win. Yeah, Syracuse didn't handle the end of that game well. Uh, between not going for it and not, I, I don't want to say not realizing that NC State was only in the single bonus and only on a one-on-one. Uh, but to me, that would make you that would make you go for two more because you know that, hey, if they miss the first, we get the ball back and we're only down one. Like, I I feel like the end of the game was so mismanaged. And And,
1: and I will say this. I think you have to credit NC State to some degree because they put the token pressure, and it really wasn't token pressure. I mean, there was pressure on Frank Howard. It took him a while to get the ball up the floor. Then he gets it to Tyus battle. And then after battle dribbles it a few times, now you're kind of, you know, now there's what, like 15 seconds left in the game or 18 seconds left in the game. And now, you know, you're starting to get stressed out about maybe this is our, you know, maybe we should take a a shot at a three. Battle ended up drawing the defense, gave it up. We know how it plays laid out percent misses what was It wasn't an in-rhythm three, let's put it that way. It wasn't a bad shot, but it wasn't like he stepped into it and was in rhythm. And he had a great night. I mean, don't get me wrong. They're they're not in that game. They're not tied, if not for O'Shea Brissett.
2: It wasn't the three that Sam Hunt kept knocking down.
1: Or even the three that Brissett hit to tie the game. I mean, that was in rhythm. He was open. And obviously, it was a different set of circumstances. I mean, they felt at that point that they had to put it up. But yes, I think if you had to do it over again, and, and we'll hear Jerry's comments and he he, he essentially said this: If they had to do it over again, go for the quick two, set up the press, try to get a steal. You have time for a trap or two. If you don't get anything, get the foul. It's a one and one, and then you know you still got a lot of time left. Again, depending on how quickly you score, you might still have fifteen seconds left. Right. And, and instead of getting two possessions or two cracks at it, they essentially got one. So yeah, I yeah. think that there there are a lot of things you can point to, you know. Not finding the shooters, turn the ball over too much, and then you know it's hard to say that they they didn't play well down the stretch because they went on that eight. O- I mean, they're down eight with two and a half minutes to go, right? And, and they, they pull even, the you know, in, in the span of ninety seconds. So it's hard to say that they didn't play well down the stretch. But I think that last possession, you know, it's a learning experience. I think, I think if, like the if last, they could do it over, they would have done it differently. Yeah,
2: I think they mismanaged like last forty-five seconds because well, really, the, la- last, the last minute, minute the yeah. last minute because they that, lose the shooter. That includes losing the shooter right in front of your face. I mean. That's not a guy sneaking behind you and getting into the corner. That is he got a screen and nobody was there. And it was I don't know what I don't know what I'm not sure as we saw like a a more of an overhead ish look. Like I don't know what Tyus Battle was hedging to. Yeah. Like, where where was he going? Like, where did he think the ball was going to go that he was backing off? Like, I I just don't know.
1: And what I was going to say was, you know, it's late in the shot clock, and it wasn't even a super clean look. Like, Hill Johnson kind of bobbled the ball as he went to, you know, to go into his shooting motion, and and battle was just kind of slow to close out, and— you know put if his hand up if he's one step quicker yeah and you know he, he put his hand up but it wasn't a it wasn't a hard contest and and Johnson made the shot you know division 1 players are going to make that shot and and he did and Syracuse unable to recover on the other end the end result another loss for the orange dropping to 6 and 7 in conference play now tied with BC for 10th place in the conference standings we do need to take a timeout full lines open the entire way 315 437 44 we want to hear from you we are back after this on ESPN Radio Live from Armory Square,
2: this is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg.
0: Two guys are hurt. You can't play if you're hurt. They tried. They tried to go, but, you know, they just couldn't, couldn't move or jump, couldn't make plays.
1: And those two guys happen to play the same position. That was Jim Beheim after the loss last night to NC State, uh, in reference to Pascal Chuku and Barama Sidibe. Chuku did play twenty minutes, but uh injured his back or tweaked his back. I guess he's been bothered by a sore back in recent weeks, but tweaked it. I would um, be too if I were seven foot three.
2: Yeah. If you're seven three, I feel like you've got a lot of uh for lack of a better term, growing pains, just like normally. Right? And then it's probably compounded on top of it by playing basketball. Yeah,
1: and uh, he tweaked it last night, left the game for a little bit, tried to stretch it out. Just He, he didn't seem comfortable all night long. He did play 20 minutes, but... Uh, did not seem to be himself. Only had two rebounds in those twenty minutes of action. And Barama Sadibe, who who played so well against Wake Forest, provided seventeen good minutes on Sunday. Uh, just couldn't bounce back last night. Five minutes, had a couple of turnovers. Uh, he didn't look like himself either. And so Syracuse was forced to go to the small lineup. It was a good thing Matthew Moyer was able to play. Obviously, um, that allowed Morek to go into the center and and uh, you know Moyer and Brissette be on the the floor at the same time. Um, but you know, if those guys aren't healthy, and we we don't have an update on Chuku, I did ask Jerry this morning. They haven't seen him yet uh, today. And you know, Barama, I think is just going to be kind of day to day the rest of the season. It seems like that's just what it is, right? I mean, we we dealt with this uh, on and off with with Dayon Coleman, and I'm not saying years, it's yeah. it's not the same injury, obviously, but. You know, it's the same feeling. Knees for big guys and some days it's okay and some days it's not. It was okay on Sunday and that was great and, and last night it was not and um, and Syracuse was forced to essentially play five guys.
2: Yeah, no, they they really were and uh it, it's a tough position that you're in where you just never know what Barama Sadibe is going to be able to do. I mean, he was warming up and the, and the thought was, well, he's out there, he's looking good, he's looking, you know, active and athletic and and he'll be able to give you minutes and and then he wasn't. And uh you know, if if Pascal Chukwu is gonna, you know, do anything, tweak back, get into foul trouble, uh, anything. Then you're you're really uh, you're you're really in some trouble. And you know, I think that Syracuse has been able to get away with playing Dolajai in the middle. Like I think they've, for the most part, like I don't think it cost them last night playing Marek Dolajai in the middle defensively. But it's not something you want to do, right? It's not something you want to do having him give up six inches to Omer. Your seven, uh, you know that's that's for the most part, it's not going
1: to work out. I, I don't mean to interrupt. I was disappointed with him last night. Yeah, yeah. I was too. You're at seven. He did, he did not play well. No, uh, not at all. Four turnovers. Had that. Had that really awkward shot at the end that gave Syracuse a chance, where he just kind of threw it up at the basket on a yep. you know quasi pass. I, I was not impressed by him, and I've seen them play a few times this year. He's good. Uh, he was not good last no, night. He
2: didn't. He didn't play a good game. I mean, there there was a play right in front of me in the first half where they threw a lob up to him, and Dolajai bodied him out of the way, and you know what I'm yeah. talking about, right? Where where like Dolajai, who's given up six inches and weight to the guy, is pushing him out of the way in midair and, and knocking the ball away. Yeah, I wasn't impressed with Yurt seven very much, but you know, in in theory, that's not a matchup that you want. You know, I I don't want to see if I'm if I'm an SU fan in two weeks. I don't want to see uh, you know Dolajai in the middle against Bagley no, and I Carter. Know. That's why. You know, I, like, that's they, why I think
1: it surprised me so much. I mean, he had such a height advantage on Dolajai and, and really could not take advantage of that.
2: Right. Right. And, and that that was really surprising to me that that it worked last night. And I'm intrigued by the smaller lineup. Um, I'm intrigued by the smaller lineup when Matthew Moyer is playing like he did last night, um, because if, if you can get him on the floor and he's active and engaged defensively, I think that's a good thing. I think for the most part, Dolishai tends to be pretty active and engaged defensively, and he's an all-right defender. And you know what? If, if it's one of those matchups that doesn't make sense to play uh, you know, Chukwu and Chukwu's battling an injury and Sidibe's battling an injury, um, I don't think it's a bad lineup to have in, in your back pocket. And we saw that last night. When at 7 wasn't on the floor— it made sense to go smaller, even regardless of the injury issues. So um, I was intrigued by that lineup. I don't know if we're going to see it much, um, except for in case of emergency. And we've reached that point. I was like was just like say. We've, we've now reached, in case of emergency... Uh, warning signs going off, we have no centers, we have no backup guard, what do we do? You said,
1: I'm, I'm intrigued by that. I don't know if we'll see it. We may see it on Saturday, Seth, uh, <laughs> at Miami, depending on the, the health of, of Pascal Chuku's back. All Isn't right.
2: it pretty amazing, by the way, that they've now managed, because of injuries and, and defections, they have no backup guard, right? Like, they have Braden Bayer, but I, I think we would have seen Braden Bayer last night if they really wanted to play him. Uh they have no backup guard, and they now have no center. <laughs> like this is unbelievable. They literally have they 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 have four bodies that they can count on being healthy at tip off on Saturday. Yeah, they I, have four people.
1: I, I feel like when Howard Washington went down, we said, "Well, they have seven healthy bodies." Then it was six. You know, Moyer with the ankle, and then it was like five and a half. You know, Barama <laughs> is he gonna no, play? It's now four. And then, right, right now, it's <laughs> now it's four. four. There's I've still never, five games left in regular. I've never the regular seen season. this before. I've never yeah.
2: like where it's this bad that you're like a basketball team is literally feeling like, oh, we, we feel confident that four guys will give it a go. It is
1: magnified by everything that happened going into the season, right? With Torian right. leaving and then Geno Thorpe and then the scholarships being down and them being young and kind of thin in numbers anyway, and now a few guys are banged up and you know, it's it's amplified uh, because of that. All right, three one five, four three seven, seventy six forty four to the phone lines. We go. Scooter in Jamesville kicking us off today on Orange Nation. Hey, Scooter.
0: Hey, guys, a couple of things. There's going to be a long flight down there. It's a 12-noon game. I hope they bring a chiropractor for for the back because it's going to be the worst thing. They have a back problem. They actually have to sit on a, a plane for that long a time. And, there's, you know, just hope they, they bring a chiropractor with them. Yeah, the interesting part, i like thought talk about the game, but the interesting part is if this was football, we'd be talking about lower body injuries, upper body injuries. How come, how come in basketball they actually tell you exactly what the problem is? I mean, in, in football, they actually... You just already have to guess, right? I mean, they have to have the injuries for the football team or guess upper bodies and lower bodies. We don't
2: even get that anymore.
0: Yeah, We exactly. just get that they're out. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's basketball is different. That's As a good far question. The game itself, you know, it, it was a weird game because I thought, for the most part, up, up until they started shooting the threes, NC State was trying to do everything possible to lose the game. There was a lot of unforced errors that led to a lot of fast breaks and, of course, to foul trouble. I mean, you're right, Syracuse looked like they were in a one-on-one in both halves before the thirteen minute mark and it didn't take you know full advantage of it but, but they did get twenty one points off fast breaks because of the because of the turnovers and stuff and you kinda of wonder if they if they break down the half court offense if if they had twenty one points almost on fast breaks, I don't know how many uh, three throws, the half court offense basically almost looked like how how, how it's been the most years. I probably got about twenty eight points in their half court offense, wouldn't you say?
1: Well, it, technically, I, I've got the box score right in front of me, Scooter, and okay. I, know, I know what you're saying, that they were they played with a little more pace last night, but uh, according to the final box score, SU is credited with four fast-break points. For so, sure? it, yeah, they had a lot of points off turnovers, meaning you know, if they, if they were able to create a turnover at one end, if it turned into a basket at the other, they had 32 points off turnovers, but that wasn't necessarily transition baskets. So okay. um, they did play a little faster last night. I think, again, NC State forced them to play a little bit faster. The, the offense is improving. The last three games, the offense offense has not been the problem. The offense looks like it's getting better. You know, last night they just didn't find the shooters, especially in the second half.
0: But there's a coincidence that when Syracuse scores in the 70s, the defense is getting up 70. It's just up-tempo. Sometimes sometimes defense is basic tempo. I mean, Princeton, for the longest time, would play that slow-down offense. It's always number one in defense because of points uh, scored. But it's amazing how we scored 78 against, uh, against the Wake Forest, and they scored 70. We scored what seventy eight against Louisville. They they scored seventy three. Of course, last night we scored seventy, and they scored seventy four. So sometimes defense is dictated by by the tempo too, right?
1: Yeah, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And I and I tell you what, if NC State shoots forty five percent last night and not fifty five percent, Syracuse wins the game. And so I, you know, I I get Syracuse
2: that, doesn't leave Sam Hunt open five times. Right. They win the game.
1: Yeah. So I like, mean, tempo was certainly a big part of it, but. Offensively, you know, that wasn't the problem for Syracuse. It was it was defensively. Both teams had more opportunities. Um but if the SU defense did last night what we expect it to do on a regular basis, Syracuse wins that game. And maybe that's why that one's so tough to take, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, there are ways to play with tempo and play in an up-paced game and and also not allow a team to shoot 55%. Right? Like that's not that's not a crazy ask, is it? to be like hey don't let the other team shoot 55% in a game i mean there are ways to play with pace and play play with tempo and and i think we've seen it at times this year you know where syracuse could get up and, and score 70ish and you know hold their opponent down um you know I I, I I it's happened and you know last night maybe because of the style of play maybe because nc states game as as steve wiseman told us yesterday they want to shoot more times uh, they want to shoot a lot more times than their opponent. Uh, they did that last night. They wanted to get down and get as many shots up as they possibly could, and they ended up hitting more than half of them. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think this is an issue for Syracuse. They, they've too many times this year not been able to find a guy, not, not been able to close out fast enough. Um, as good as the defense has been, And, you know, it just bit him again last night. I
1: just did a quick scan of the season, so I could be missing something. But it looks like the highest field goal percentage by an opponent this year was Kansas, which would make sense at 49%. And then Virginia, the game here in the Dome, uh, Virginia shot 48.9%. And again, that would make sense that those were the, you know, the two uh, best offensive performances by opponents, you know. NC State shot 55%. So even if they, if they kept them a shade below 50, which is not a lot to ask again, that would have been, you know, the highest percentage of the season, they may still win
2: that game. Well, Steve, you you would say that the first half was relatively up tempo, right? It was it was it had a a pace to it. It did. They shot 48% in the first. Half. NC State shot 48% in the first half. Second half they shot 63.6%. Uh, don't play up tempo and don't let them hit 64% of their shots. You know like Like you can do both, yeah. In a close game, I mean, you can't survive
1: sixty three percent in a half. Uh, Back to the phone lines. Let's get another one in here in this segment. Jake and Syracuse up next on Orange Nation. Hey, Jake.
0: Uh, Good afternoon, guys. Um, From what I remember, Syracuse had about a six point lead with two and a half minutes ago. Am I wrong there?
1: With two and And a half minutes ago, you talking about last night?
0: Yes, last well, night.
1: Yeah, they were they were down eight with about two and a half to go, and then they went on that quick uh, the quick eight 0 run. Brissett tied it with a minute left, uh, and then you know we know what happened from there. NC State made the three, and Syracuse couldn't answer. But you know I mean, Syracuse this, did have a lead in correct. the second half, but not down the stretch. Down the stretch, NC State had the lead.
0: Yeah, this is just a, it's a simple case of these guys just running out of gas. I mean, you know, to me, yeah, it's a tough loss. But what makes last night's loss even worse was Kentucky losing, St. John's winning, uh, Providence beating Villanova. I mean, all these bubble teams got wins last night. Seems like of everybody on the bubble. When they talked to Joe Lenardi yesterday, Syracuse might have been the only team to lose last
1: night. Thanks for taking my call. All right, appreciate you che- here, uh, checking in, Jake. Here, yeah.
2: Here, look, I get that they ran out of gas. They only had five players. They're whatever, and, and I I buy into that. I think that by the end of the game they had run out of gas. But they went on an eight zero run. With, in a minute and a half with two minutes left in the game so you're telling me 30 seconds later they couldn't hit another shot or they or they couldn't because because they expended all their energy in the minute and a half they couldn't close out on on johnson to, to you know like uh, they 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 were worn down earlier in the second half as they were letting hunt and johnson and, and freeman hit threes like i i i don't know i i think i think that there's probably something to it you played five guys the majority of the game uh you know five guys all played what better than 30 minutes in this game just about? Uh, well, they had uh, Moy- four guys play... Uh, four you guys know. played 30-plus, 30, 30 and, and, and Moyer played right. 28. Okay, so five guys essentially played 30 minutes. That That's a lot of minutes to play. I, I, I get it. But at the same time, you get TV timeouts every four minutes. You get stoppages in play. The whistle was blowing all the time, and you were always at the free-throw line. I don't think they lost because they were worn out. I think they lost because their defense didn't track shooters and they didn't close out on the biggest possession of the game.
1: I'll say this about the whether or not they got worn out. I don't think they lost the game because they were tired. I, I will say this. They they had to go on that 8-0 run with you know under 2.5 to go, and in a span of 90 seconds they made it up. They they pressed a, a few times during that stretch. On that last possession, with under a minute to go, it's not the last possession, but the one that Markel Johnson hits the 3. I did notice that, you know, Ty's battle was was bent over and, you know, kind of pulling his shorts a little bit. Maybe he was a little tired on that particular possession. And maybe he didn't close out as well as maybe he should have. So if you want to say that, you know, that that's why he didn't contest harder, you know, maybe I can buy into that and, and you can obviously understand he played forty minutes. They had just, you know, gone on an 8 0 run. They were pressing. If he's, you know, if he's a little winded on that possession, like you can't crush him for it. Like I get it. So if you want to say that you know, maybe that cost them, quote unquote, because he was a little slow to get out and slow to react and slow to get a hand up. And Markel Johnson hit the three, then okay. But they they did not lose that game because they were tired. And those no. guys have been playing those minutes. Like, this isn't out of the norm. Like, they have been doing that game in and game out. Frank Howard, Tyus Battle, O'Shea Brissett. And drive for fine. the last three weeks. Yeah, been... they're fine playing those minutes. And is it ideal? No, it's not ideal. But I don't think it's costing them. I mean, they do. They get a. TV timeout every 4 minutes. There were other timeouts in the game. There's fouls and and you know they can rest here and there. They didn't lose the game in my opinion because of uh, of being no. tired. Maybe on that one possession it affected Tyus, maybe. Um but they didn't lose because of fatigue.
2: No. Not at all.
1: All right. Let's take another timeout. Full lines are open. 315 437 44 More on this SU basketball game last night when we return. Keep it here. We'll be right back on ESPN Radio.